if people have to do something like Scotty, and I don't know if you've done this, is I will turn on the subtitles and turn off the volume. Mm. Wow. Mm. My wife. So I don't get any music. Yeah. I don't get any like surround sound or what are you. I just get the text yeah. of yeah. what they're saying, and I can wow. see some of the visual. That's an interesting thing. I, I haven't tried that one. My wife will watch things with the with the subtitles, and so she can definitely hear and read and think about what's being said and and stuff like that. And but that's that's interesting to just totally shut it off and just listen to that because I I have turned the music off. And it's like it's not even interesting, you know. It's like you yeah. kind of just yeah. like look at it, and you're like, oh, this, this is whatever. But you turn the music on, you're all wrapped up into it. Because your emotion. What yeah. I what I would say to you um, is, I think there's 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 media is so complex, and the way that we approach the media is very complex. Um, and and what I what I think that is is sort of going back to the metaverse thing. I think the more that you put yourself in front of that, the more desensitized you get to those types of messages. So if you are are just saying, well, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to try to find out everything that's wrong with it. You know, you you watch the Matrix and Transformers and all this kind of Gnostic stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how less and less you'll be able to actually really point those things out. Um, I think it's by not watching them that your sensitivity actually goes up. And when you see things that are awry or off, then you're kind of like, you know, no. That's not right, and and you get kind of wrapped up into the storyline the more that you engage in. I think some people go into it with a, you know, I I, I want to watch this because I want to know what they're doing, and I'm going to watch the whole thing, and I think I just think enough of that over time is going to desensitize you. And that's the key is that a lot of people make the accusation, well, how can you guys comment on this? You haven't even watched it, mm-hmm. sort of thing like that. But that's the whole concept. Do you, do you have to say? that murder is wrong Mm -hmm. by not experiencing murder? Mm -hmm. Do you have to say, well, you know, we finally decided pornography is bad because we watched all of the films. I mean, do you really have to do that? I mean, you just present that to someone and they'll finally see, okay, Mm -hmm. I can see how it can affect you. And I'll just give you a a classic example of what Scotty's saying is that I had a friend of mine, his kids were six and eight, and they had never, ever seen a screen of any kind. Whoa. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, right? Like, I'm trying to tell people, listen, France is is moving towards age six and below. Is it legal of screen Mm -hmm. in every kind? Mm -hmm. I have colleagues who are child psychiatrists. They won't make a diagnosis of ADD or ADHD or any psychiatric diagnosis until there's no screen time for six months. I had one parent say, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. How can I prevent them from seeing a screen? That's what our world has become, Uh, right? And so that's, that's the issue is that you know, what, what Scotty is saying is that, you know, how can you say this if you haven't actually experienced it or, or, or done this, that, or, or the other thing, right? But that's the concept. You're getting desensitized, right? You guys even pointed out in Magic Kingdom is the way they introduce the LGBT, what QIA, I don't even know what the letter is now, mm. but Mulan, right, you pointed out, they did it as laughing at it first, yeah. mm. And your granddaughter was a cross-dresser. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Like kind of they said conce- mm-hmm. contempt, right? Mm-hmm. First it's contempt, then it's normal, then it's embraced, right? Mm-hmm. So they're slowly desensitizing you mm-hmm. uh, to that sort of concept. But when you have somebody who has no exposure, you see what the real response should be. And right. basically these kids had no screens, okay? Mm-hmm. No screens. And so he thought, well, let me introduce them to, you know, something positive. From media, and what would you say the most positive thing for media for kids might be? What would the first thing 
what kind of show would you like show? Nature them? Yeah, like a nature yeah, show. Of nature. course you're going to do that. So he did that. He showed them a nature show. And when they got to the gazelle scene mm. that was caught by the lion, they started screaming. Mm-hmm. Oh. They started wow. waiting because they had never seen actual right. death, right? right? I mean, a six or eight-year-old probably isn't going to see an animal killed. I mean, probably yeah. haven't mm-hmm. seen. Maybe a dog gets hit if they're in the city. But have you seen a gazelle attacked and pulled down in the Serengeti by a lion? They started screaming, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Why are you mm-hmm. showing this to us? Mm-hmm. Versus you and I can turn on mm-hmm. the news and say, yeah, a 14-year-old was raped yesterday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, really? I'll pray for them. And then yeah. move on. Yeah. And I'm just like, you should say, what? Mm-hmm. No. Right. Why are you showing this to me? Right? Because the problem is is that you and I, like Scotty pointed out, are we're so desensitized. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even elicit a response. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when Adam and Eve mourned more deeply mm-hmm. for the first falling leaf, Mm-hmm. And for their dead, mm-hmm. you realize how desensitized we are. Mm-hmm. Would you mourn over a fallen leaf? No, I think it's beautiful. Actually. Yeah, because <laughs> because you are desensitized. Like yeah, your yeah. world is sin, but when you come from a world that is yeah. not sin, they mourn. Like, can you imagine? Have you seen somebody mourning at a funeral? I've seen some serious mm-hmm. mourning. It says they mourned worse for that leaf wow. that wow. fell than men now mourn for their dead. Oh, and nice. that's the thing, is that Scotty is spot on, yeah. is you cannot allow yourself to be desensitized because by beholding, you become changed. You become changed. Yeah. I just, go ahead. Going back to the metaverse, um, I read a couple articles, one from Cambridge and one from Oxford, and they had started to do studies on people that had severe phobias. And um, one way that they would get people over that phobia was to literally put them in a virtual world. So if you had a fear of spiders, some people have a fear of getting on an elevator. Some people have a fear of heights. Whatever that fear is. Let's give you VR arachnophobia. They would would literally give you VR, and it only took one half hour to get you over that fear. Half hour of being in... That's what the article said. Half hour of of time, they could walk you through it and and basically overcome that. I believe what you're saying. I'm just saying, to put myself in a VR situation when there's a bunch of spiders. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. It's going to take longer than half an hour. I'm just using that as an example because because that's a common uh, fear. But, I mean, I think think that is a perhaps viable use of it. And so I don't want us to get away from saying, okay, all VR is evil. Right. right? Mm -hmm. I think physical therapy, getting people to comply with Mm -hmm. exercise – Perhaps, you know, desensitization with cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, getting over phobias, et cetera, you know, because those traumas are real, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's... I think I think there's a positive use to it. Like, with all technology, there's a, an ability to share the gospel around the world with media, what we're doing right now, exactly. right? Exactly. So, I think that there is a positive use to um, this VR technology to really help somebody who has struggled in those areas. But also, what that tells me is that it's powerful. And it's very impactful. Mm-hmm. And if you have a natural fear, like the Bible says, I will put enmity between the, your seed and thy seed, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and God has instilled in man a natural fear or, or aversion. aversion yeah. is a better word, uh, to sin. But it's like all of a sudden, if, if you're sitting in this virtual world and you're Breaking being desensitized to it, we're breaking you down. Now you don't have that fear towards that sin anymore. 
Now you actually are going to start to enjoy it. Now you're going to start to partake in it, and it All just right. crumbles right. down from there. So that brings up a very good question, though. If everything is going metaverse, should the Christian be like, no, stay away from that? Or should we be like, well, how are we going to use that to our advantage? Are no, your gonna... little light's already got a channel in the metaverse. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine like, you can build, like, you, you can see the statue of Nebuchadnezzar in virtual reality. And it's showing you, like, these are the kingdoms. If you don't Michael, well, you know, I mean, what I, I was thinking about was what about all these people that don't have access to the gospel because their government or whatever is, you know, takes a heavy hand toward that kind of thing and they wind up in the metaverse. Can you hmm. go and witness to them or preach to them or tell them about Jesus and they become converted? I mean, you would think that would be a good use of something like that. You know, I'm thinking specifically of countries like China. Or are they going to have a way to block that? Oh, right. They have That's a way to block it. You have say. to start talking in code or something. Censorship. I think, I think ultimately it comes down to this. Um, we know that it's very powerful. We know mm -hmm. that you lose impulse control, right? We know that just the medium itself, like when I picked up the cell phone and we had that buzzing, right? Why was there going to be buzzing? Because this thing throws off radiation. Mm -hmm. And do you guys remember what World Health Organization said about this a little while ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Carcin carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. And now, now, not is this going to be near me. I'm going to be a Bluetooth antenna with the screen mm -hmm. in front of me now for who knows how long mm -hmm. a day. Yeah, right? It could be your job. Yeah, yeah this is already carcinogenic. Yeah. We know that, right? And so what are going to be the implications now? So I, I think it comes down to not only... Is the media itself damaging to your health? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They, they found that screen time even greater than two hours increases the risk of high blood pressure in two to ten-year-olds? Mm -hmm. What? Oh. But how can... I know it's crazy, but how can you combat that? They found, well, if that kid, same kid, had an hour of physical activity a day, they could, you know, try to resist the negative effects. But ultimately... Would you want someone to accept the gospel if you knew that their inhibitions were down, if you knew that their impulse control was down, mm. right? It's just like what I tell people in my lectures on the frontal lobe, you know. I say dementia is a frontal lobe inhibitor, traumatic brain injury, alcohol is a frontal lobe inhibitor, right? And then I examine the concept of susceptibility. When you have weakened frontal lobe, you can be suggested to do something and Hey, why don't you read your Bible? Hey, mm -hmm. why don't you buy Stuffs to Christ? Hey, why don't you buy every one of our DVDs right now? Mm. Right? Would it be good for them to have your DVDs? Sure. Yeah. Well, sure they would. But would you sell it to somebody who was intoxicated? Mm -hmm. Yes. I say yeah. yeah. Well, no. Notice how there was <laughs> a delay. You need to watch this video, you know, Eddie. <laughs> well, know that this, there was a delay there, right? You weren't exactly comfortable with that. And the reason why you're not comfortable with that is the same concept as when I had an atheist in the audience. He asked me this question. He said, if you believe that you're more suggestible, you know, when you're under the influence or whatever these frontal lobe inhibitors are, and you believe that there's angels and demons out there, he was actually kind of mocking me. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, why doesn't somebody listen to the good angel and go rescue a kitten while they're intoxicated? Why don't they go, you know, uh, preach a sermon while they're intoxicated? Why don't they go do something positive while they're intoxicated? And I said, because it comes down to informed consent. God not only wants you to give full and free consent, but he wants you to be in your right mind yeah. when you're yeah. doing it. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it's totally And, and if you're at the door, you know, knocking on the door, hey, hey, I want to 
sell you these religious books or religious videos. Oh, sure, I'll buy the whole thing, honey. Right? Would you really accept that? You know, if someone was intoxicated, you wouldn't. And that's the concept, is that the good angels cannot violate your will. Mm. I mean, they're, they're going to be resistant to that unless God says, hey, specifically go for it, you know, because God understands the end from the beginning. But as a general rule, right, they're not going to use any compelling force unless yep. it's to protect others. Like with Balaam, they violated Balaam's will and caused him to say, I'm going to, well, actually, I'm going to bless you, right? <laughs> and just like God just took over the mind or something like that for a minute, right? But that was to protect Israel, right? Yeah. But if the concept is that you feel a little uncomfortable, and you notice that with the hesitancy in our, in our group, we weren't exactly completely comfortable with someone who had maybe a frontal lobe inhibition, maybe an impulse control thing. Would you want them to accept the gospel as an impulse buy? I don't think you would. You want them in the right mind yes. to make that decision. And that's the health message, right? Mm -hmm. We get people, and that's my whole concept. I'm working on this age reversal program, but it's so that your mind is crystal clear, right? Because mm -hmm. when you have a healthy, strong, powerful body, you also will have a healthy, strong, and powerful mind, mm -hmm. and also a healthy, strong, and powerful spirit. And they're not directly correlated, but we know that we're connected, mm -hmm. right? And that's the concept is that you want that person in the metaverse to be 100% sure, to be completely yep. in their right mind, no impulse control issues, no coercion issues. And yeah. I think we're yep. seeing that now, is that people are being made to do something when they're coerced, they're bribed, their impulse controls down. It was an impulse buy, Yeah. right? We'll that's give you concept. a free donut. <laughs> I, mean, I, think I think that's just how the internet free donut for a year the internet the wow. and advertising yeah. and everything is just like exploiting you where you're at and it's like you look at these internet cafes in asia you know where people are spending 16 18 hours a day there mm. they can't even feed their kids they have you know their their personal life is in shambles and they're sitting in a chair all day long because they cannot unplug from this thing so you can imagine the health complications i'm sure that are coming from that situation and then it's like, yeah, then you're, then you're, um, you know, throwing at them these life decisions. Now I think we should reach people wherever they're at. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence of, of like exactly how to do that. I could just see that this metaverse thing is, is going to put people in a very bad situation. Um, how do we reach them with the gospel and how do we, you know, win them over? I think right. we Not can. Sure I on. think we can use it, but we have to understand the nature of it is addiction, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. the concept is you and I can't even stop doing this. Mm -hmm. Like I have a rule when we're going to, we're going to actually go out to lunch, everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, the original invitation was, Hey, I will take you guys out to lunch. Actually, I think I contacted Scotty first and I said, Oh, you know what they say in kindergarten. If you bring something for everybody, yeah. you got to invite everybody. But then <laughs> Keith is the more conscientious one yeah. here in this group. I can yeah. tell. Yeah. And he said, wait a minute, are you sure you want to take out eight or nine of our staff? Yeah. You remember saying that? <laughs> so you actually believe in full disclosure. Yeah. You believe in, you know, making a it's intelligent, informed consent, informed consent right? Mm -hmm. Versus me, hey, I'll take your whole staff out to eat. Yeah. Ah, there's 47 staff now. <laughs> hey, Tim, we're yeah. glad you did that, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's the whole concept is yep. you already, just based on your personality, since you are very conscientious, I can tell, I, I could tell that even before I met you, like I met you on the shows, is that you're wanting things to be exact, precise, etc. <laughs> that whole concept right? Where does that happen? Where, where are the lines blurred 
there. And I think that you're right. We should, you know, engage them wherever. But just understand the nature of this is they have designed everything about this for addiction. Yeah. Right? Have you noticed when you refresh, what do you do? You pull. Does that remind you of anything? Slot machine. Yeah. Well, of course, of course. They, wow, they've designed. Crazy. They've designed. It makes a sound when you get a notification. It does. Bing. Bing. I have to yeah. check. Huh? This is Pavlov's dog. Like we're experiencing Pavlov's dog every moment. And I'll be honest with you, all my friends that we go out with, I mean, we're committed, right? But I'm going to have a rule today. And you know what that rule is going to be? Put your phone. Silence your phone. No, oh, if, no, if you touch it, yeah. you will okay. <laughs> That's my rule, my standing awesome. rule for all my friends. And we'll try to do stuff We're like, hey, Brittany, yeah. uh, I think you were getting a ride to the airport. Did yeah. you get a post on that? Did anyone? Do you need a ride? Did you get one already? <laughs> nice try, right? Some of my friends aren't yeah. so conscientious as you. They will use manipulation to get out of paying for the meal. So uh, I, have a, I have a question then. If sure. we know, because I don't know if you guys have seen Black Mirror. No, it's kind of like, it. meta, it's a crazy show mm-hmm. that came out, I want to say in the last five years. It's very technological. It, ta- it has VR, virtual reality. It's very based in like a metaverse type of world. Okay. Um, and it's about, it's basically about the negative effects of technology. And so if we already know, especially from research with social media, if we already know the harmful effects of the, of like what the metaverse could be and technology in general, why do we still pursue it? Money. Like the, True, but like does the benefits outweigh the cons? You know, does the pro outweigh the cons? Because sure, you can get people to exercise, but they still have to cater to people who don't want to exercise. And and ultimately, would it be better for us to create a show, right, discussing different issues? Probably would be more effective because we'd have music, we'd have a plot. We've had characters, right? And we'd assign one character to be the one, no, you've got to do good for people no matter what. And we'd have another character and say, no, the ends don't justify the means, right? We'd create kind of some little tension between you guys because that's what we have to do, right, to create a good show. I mean, you understand that being in Hollywood, doing script design and stuff like that is that, but that's the question is, would using that media itself of acting, and that's, I think, what you really have your forte in, is that you argue that the the media itself of acting with the muses, with the actual entering into the role of that person, where you're having actors channeling dead spirits, like literally Sasha Fierce, right? Who's Sasha Fierce? Well, Sasha Fierce is who she becomes, like Beyonce becomes when she's going to really kick it. And she even honestly said, she's like, yeah, she's a lot more liberal than I am. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of shy as Mm -hmm. just a person. But she enters into another persona, Mm -hmm. right? I think she's becoming less shy because she's being broken down by Sasha Fierce. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. So I think that's the concept is, is the media itself problematic is the way it's done itself that's an interesting idea that that there are a lot of celebrities that do have these sort of alternate personalities um and that's kind of what the metaverse is offering you as a general populace you know it's like they've kind of done this with the elite now they're like turning this over to the common person and you can become multiple people and have you know multiple Mm -hmm. things that's the concept is that you can be whoever you want to be regardless of actual anatomy, actual yeah. physiology, actually hormone profiles, genetic profiles. And that's ultimately 
what we're wanting is we're not happy being us, mm-hmm. right? right? But that's because yeah. we're lacking God in our hearts. Imagine so if that. we figure, if I get the sex change, I'll be happy. Yeah. If I make a million dollars, I'll be happy. Yeah. If I am actually in this relationship, I'll be happy. Like I was telling Mikey, uh, there was a guy in Japan that married a character from a video game. Wow. You know, And so that's the thing is that we have a God-shaped hole in our heart. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And we're looking to fill that in any way possible, in yeah. anything that promises it. Mm-hmm. And the metaverse promises you can be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And that's really the same lie that the media tells you too. Like Magic Kingdom, that was another I- incidence, right? Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. It's the same lies in the garden. Yeah. You will be like gods, right? Exactly. What's to prevent you from, you know, being that god mm-hmm. in the metaverse? Mm-hmm. You can even create your own worlds. And well, yeah, you have so much enough followers, you probably are kind of a god. Yeah. Make everyone subservient to you yeah that's just really crazy i think something that i find really interesting i think that you two mentioned um it's funny how our brains can't tell the difference between reality and virtual reality but yet with touch our brains can tell the difference between like an actual physical touch of a person but not a virtual one and that's and that's i think the whole concept is that you have to understand that I'm going to go someplace that may be a little uncomfortable for you guys, is that people feel like, um, have you heard of auras? People talk about auras. Yeah. 100% new age. But there's an exception to that, is that we are actually each surrounded by an atmosphere, an atmosphere that can be charged and influenced by goodness, courage, uh, strength, honesty, integrity, or it can be surrounded by that miasma of unconfessed sin, Mm. of fear, of cowardice, of Mm. hatred, right? And so it does actually affect us. Because when you have, have you ever noticed some people, like, they just animals don't like them, right? I mean, they just go after them. And other people are like, the the dog just comes over and starts licking them. Mm. It's like, wait a minute, Brittany, are you the dog whisperer? Mm. What's Mm. going on? But those are actual neurochemical and possibly even electromagnetic things that are changing. They've mm-hmm. found that when people are afraid of animals, they secrete a small amount of copper mm-hmm. on their skin and the animal picks up on it immediately, right? And then if you, the animal knows you're afraid of it, that's the issue. They also have found that some of the animals may also be able to pick up on the, the amino acids, cysteine and methionine are more common in meat. So they can sense if you're a meat eater wow. or not, mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, is if they can pick up on those things, how are those going to influence us? I mean, right now, you are surrounded by a cloud. And they've proven that. They've actually had women do specific sensitive hormonal assays, and they're doing it under a hood, full gear, full PPE, the whole nine yards. And they kept getting you know, bad results for this estrogen assay. And they finally replaced uh, this girl because it was so – they figured she was in combat. They replaced her with a guy. They're like, ah, see – it's great. And then they got this even more qualified girl who was like even better. And then she did it and they threw it off because you're surrounded by a cloud of estrogen. So mm. how, how about like women who live together? Yeah. You know why they cycle together? Oh, they yeah. Because you're surrounded by a cloud and that cloud influences them around you. And that's that's the concept is that I can't send my cloud through the metaverse. Mm. Right. I can't send you 
whatever it is that's surrounding me right. and influence you. And this is a huge cutting-edge area of research. They're trying to figure out what it is, right, that is producing these things. And the theory is, is that it's a hormonal thing. Because just as estrogen can create a cloud around you strong enough to influence the women to start cycling with you, is the endorphin that flows through me strong enough to now cheer you up, right? Mm. Is the positive hormonal sort of experience that comes from serving God, satisfaction, right? Peace. Yes, exactly. And and, and even non-Christian cultures recognize this. Ikigai is having purpose in your life, right? Have you ever noticed if you meet somebody who has purpose in their life, they're like, whoa, this, this guy's inspiring. I want to go mm. out and do something now. Right. Well, why do you want to do that, right? Is because you've been influenced. And it's not the same as when you watch someone, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just the fact they're finding of let's replicate everything to be exactly the same. They can't produce it. They can't produce it in these orphans. The orphans didn't grow, mm. right? They needed something mm-hmm. that was different. Mm. And, and I believe personally, it's not just um, the you know, concept of, oh, this person's my, my brother, right? I have a relationship with them. Because the Berlin aging studies show that when you have an aged individual in your home, right, they live longer. But hopefully that's not rocket science, right? You're caring with them. They're surrounded by young people, right? They're draining to us, right? Because everyone thinks about that. Oh, my, my mother's such a burden. I had my grandmother in my home for almost 14 years. She lived to 94, and wow. she was supposed to die at like literally 85, she had a stroke, she was completely paralyzed, couldn't move, had to be turned every two hours, and she kept living. Wow. And the reason why I believe she kept living was not just that I turned her every two hours, I didn't give her Ensure, but I gave her like vegan, organic, blended avocados, everything went in that G-tube, and I did all the medical stuff possible. But the Berlin Aging Study has shown, proven, that not only is that older person going to live longer, every person in the household is going to live longer. Oh, interesting. And then they tried to say, because, of course, the Berlin Health Study is published in the Journal of Human Evolution, right? So they tried to say it's because of the genome, you know, because it's your relatives, right? You're going to pass on a genome. But then they crunched some other numbers, and they found that the non-related caregiver also lived longer. Wow. So it's the act of doing unselfishness, it's the mm-hmm. act of doing mm-hmm. kindness, it's the act of helping the weak, mm-hmm. right? Because our understanding in Christianity is the strong are to bear the weak, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas evolution is the survival of the fittest, right. Mm-hmm. right? Hey, get rid of the dead weight. Hey, that person in that nursing home, get rid of them. Yeah. To us as Christians, those people in nursing homes are the exact people that I'm going to go visit. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what they've shown is when you care, Mm-hmm. For those people, to the point of having them in such close proximity as your home, mm-hmm. it enhances not only their quantity and quality of life, but it somehow empowers you mm-hmm. to live longer mm-hmm. as a young person. What's going right. on there? Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're all surrounded by this atmosphere, and it's influenced by not only our decisions that we make, but the thoughts that we're thinking, mm-hmm. the principles that we cherish, right? Everything around you influences people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't understand how powerful and quick it is. People make a decision about you in seven seconds. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. How do they make that decision so fast, mm-hmm. right? I believe that it's something, right, mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. 
It's a visual input. It's a maybe audio, perhaps. But in seven seconds, you're not getting much visual. You're not getting much audio,、mm-hmm. right? Right. What are you making that decision based on?、Mm-hmm. I think these are things that are not quite understood yet. So my argument is going to be: Yes, we should try to influence people in whatever way we can. But it's never ever a replacement for this. Yep. Sounds like you're living in the real world, man. <laughs>、yeah. That's right. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your expertise and in your perspective. And I hope this has been a、uh, a good discussion for you guys to participate in with us. We hope that you have gained some insight into the human body, into the mind, into the scriptures, and that you can make. You know, informed decision because that's what we talked about. It's about informed consent. Whatever you're going to do, and remember that whatever it is that you're going to do, you should do it to the glory of God. So we thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. And we just hope that you have a happy Friday. Take care. Hope for me. What can I do to unify my family on not watching harmful media? How do I know my thoughts are my own, and how can I distinguish between impressions from God? I'm nervous when it comes to sharing my testimony. It is really that important. I stopped watching mainstream media. Now what? Sometimes we get a lot of people asking the same kind of questions, so we thought it would be cool to make these little videos answering some of them in a new series called "I Got a Question." Concise answers to your media-related questions. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us privately on our Instagram page or our Facebook. And if you don't use social media, that's alright. Send us an email through our website, littlelightstudios.tv/contactus. Hey, we're here to help. We're here to help you 
let your little light shine.